Welcome to the Mark McSee Supersonic Food Marketing Podcast, brought to you by BDO, the trusted accountancy and advisory firm. BDO really are the go-to team to help your hospitality business succeed, providing expert support and advice across all your corporate finance, due diligence, tax and accounting needs. BDO have been a champion of our industry for many years and are really proud to support many of the best brands in hospitality. If you want to make sure your business is in the safest of hands financially, BDO would love to take you for a coffee to understand your business vision so that they can help you get there. Get in touch today at bdo.co.uk to chat about how BDO can help take your hospitality business to the top and please say that I sent you. Supersonic. 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 From Supersonic Inc., this is the Mark McSee Supersonic Marketing Podcast. The rocket fuel podcast for food, drink, and hospitality businesses everywhere. Listen up. Tell all your friends and share with your colleagues. Every single episode is packed full of tips, tricks and advice on how you can make your brand boom. Almost Happy New Year or Happy New Year if it's already came for you. Uh, I really hope that this year brings you more joy and more happiness and more luck than you've ever had. I think it's going to be a watershed year for a lot of people where things like the B word and all these other things will be out the way and that will leave us free to really start growing our businesses, growing our careers and really helping give back to our communities as well. So Happy New Year when it comes, wishing you all the best. So this is part two of the Three Wise Marks. So it's getting a bit more drunken. We've managed to have our nature calls breaks and we're back in the driving seat talking about Mama Go. Right, we really got cut off in part one by Mark's bladder. So we've had some caffeine, nicotine and yada yada. Right, I guess the question is, do sub-brands work? And we've got high hopes with Malago. Great name. I think yeah. Palmer worked on that, by the way. I'll be tempted to do Mama Go Go, but maybe that's just me. Do you know what bugged me about Mama Go, and I did say this to Emma, um, was the star was kind of... Not centered. It's annoying, isn't it? But it's right because Wagamama's got the star in the middle, which is the start of Mama. Then Mama go, oh, I would have shifted that across. It's not going to sound quite boring, but they were initially going to call it Keizu, but there you go. Really? Really? Mm. Why, why not Kaizen? I don't know. Kaizen's that they, 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 they trademarked Keizu first initially. Really? Um, is that maybe Watch This Space? No, this was about 18 months ago. Okay. And is then there, they trademark Mama Go about 12 months ago. But is there not a restaurant in Charlotte Street called Keizu? Yeah. That's a very good restaurant. Maybe yeah. that was it. Maybe that's why. Have we been to Mama Go? I haven't. I've read lots I've, of good things. I've got a three-month rule. I won't go anything new unless it's been open for three months. Do you always do yeah. No, because sometimes you get invited along. But How's your breaking news going? Well, three, no, really, three, really, is it three Because you, you find out something's opening. The first couple of weeks, it's all heightened because the staff mm. are on it. Then they go through the teething 
period and by three months everything should be ironed out and all the staff should be on it and everything like the stuff that shouldn't be on the menu and should be on the menu should be sorted so after three months you've just got something that's settled down you get the true reflection of what it is anyway. i think if you get invited along you go invited along you try it and it's fine and you, but you just get a heightened sense of what that concept is you get you don't get the true reflection of day to day what it's working you get you get the kind of this is the our bus. best staff on it yeah, this yeah. is our best team on it this the is our a you know, team you get the a team yeah you get three months. I think, you know, Wagamama have actually already come out and admitted we haven't got everything right on this. This, we will take our time on it. I think it's our core. This is something we're just trialing. You know, next year they've got a pipeline of dark kitchen, ghost kitchens to look at as well. They are just trialing stuff and looking at it because they know their core cannot take, can only take them so far. It's got to nibble around the edges. So even. what's the pros and cons of, like, of Mama Go? Yeah, um, it's a new day part for them. It's a new category for them. Will it? The reports, have been the reports have been pretty good, haven't they? I mean, I, Paul, charity, uh, my boss has been down, they said the food is exceptional. And you, as you would expect from Mama Go, uh, from Wagamama, the food is exceptional. I think it's all about the service. It's mm -hmm. all about how they get that food to the customer in a food-to-go environment. You know, they're going to have the right tech down there. But is it going to clash with the main brand at all? I think that's, that, that's the key. Separate. If you're a sub-brand, you've got to be an almost ambassador for the main brand. Yeah. You, you, you yeah. can't deflect and I think that's you know I've mentioned dark kitchens the problem people have got with dark kitchens is you've got to be as good as your main brand will deliver mm. so what Wagamama are doing very well when they where they do a dark kitchen so they've done three they've just opened Bow they've got Hackney they've got the one with Deliveroo mm -hmm. in Battersea so the two that they've done themselves the ops manager from their local restaurant branch will mm. also be incentivized and paid to look after the dark kitchen so you'll get a standard of performance that you, if you just say, we'll get two guys to, yeah. two people to just look after it and we'll forget about it. Yeah. I think that's where they're going to win on that. Um, I, can so, see it, I can see it in travel hubs and train stations. Any other sub-brands working on? Veggie Pro. Gosh, Veggie Pro. I think it's the only one I can think of. I'm struggling apart from DKNY. Yeah, there's, there's been lots that have gone for it and not, not made it work. DF Mexico didn't really work for Oaxaca. Yeah. There's no DF Tacos. Um, Son of Steaks not really kicked off as yeah. Miller and Carter would expect it to. Hopefully, we've got two sites. Mm -hmm. um, Did Beefy or not try and do one as well? Well, Beefy got Bar and Block, which is slightly different. It's kind yeah. of a different. It's kind of an upgrade, which is actually yeah. doing quite well. Actually, uh -huh. rolling them out. Um, SDK tried to do SDK Rebel, which is more of a burger concept. Didn't work. How can how can Mama go? How far is it going to go? Is that a four hundred site thing? Are those days gone? What's, so, what's I, mean, I, think, I think people have learned their lesson. I mean, I remember when Mark Fox, when he was Bill's CEO, and they started to do you know the little bills, and it was going to be called Vitesse, and then what was it? You know, you get Richard Caring saying he never knew about it. They spent a million pounds on development, and it never went anywhere. And he said, "Oh, we, you know, coming from Starbucks, we can do you know 100, 200 of these." I think you've just, I think Mike and Mama did it, doing it perfectly well. We will take our time if this yeah. works. We know we can finish well, that. Here's, here's a question. Why didn't they call it Little Bills? Why was Vitesse not Little Bills? Well, probably why it doesn't take took off. Because they mucked around with it. They didn't have a clear strategy. It's, it's interesting, isn't would it? Would you not think that would work? If, if Bills did a prep? I don't think, I don't I don't think, think it's prep, isn't it? Why would you do a Little Bills yeah. when it's prep? I don't think Bills is strong enough. Or, you know, if you know, Waitrose did a Little Waitrose. They that. did. They have done little I know that. That's what I'm saying. Would that not work for someone as strong as but, but it's interesting. If you if could if you look at the brands that are really uh, are successfully doing a sub brand, look at who they are, 
Pret, Wagamama are mean, now absolutely best in class businesses and they're having a go. And the other, the other, the other one which we haven't talked about, which I think I'd be really interested to watch is Nando's. With, I was just going to say that. Nina. Yeah. And slowly but surely they've run they, but, but, but if you step back, they are the three strongest brands in our industry. Strongest with, vo- with volume. With volume. volume. But that's my like, point. You have to have volume to have the confidence to be able to do to make the mistake. Like, but it's like you know, if you want to do a sub brand, I think you probably have to be really brilliant mm-hmm. in the first place. And uh, if you're not, don't bother. But interestingly, Nando's, Nino, is all about delivery. It's, it's, it's a sub brand yeah. born out of delivery. So it's good. Look at the first one, Twickenham. And I think a lot of people will be looking at this next year. The councillors will come in and saying, if you're doing over forty percent of delivery. From an A3, that needs to be an A5. You need yeah. to be a different category of licensing. So, so you can't you can't just sneak in as an A3. So so Nando's Nino's in Twickenham is picking up the delivery from Richmond and Putney. Mm. So Richmond and Putney are getting, are getting up to a level where like you know buzzer goes off going we can't we're going for it. It'll be factored into Twickenham, and that's why Nino's been brought in. And I think you know for for a brand that's been on it, I think Nando's have been quite slow on delivery. They've been playing around on the edges. But is that not the secret? Is to just be considered. But I think is I think that, next I think next year they start they were going to push the button on delivery. And if I'm Domino's Pizza, I'd be worried when Nando start pushing the button on delivery. Yep. Because yeah. I think that's a big threat to Domino's. And I think Domino's are under pressure chicken, anyway. The chicken pizzas. No, I just think because if you're at home going, working, I can have Nando's or Domino's. I'm going Nando's. What else is going on then? So sub brands. So. Obviously, I think Veggie Pret's going to nail it. Um, I don't know. I I, you know, you said Veggie Pret's going to nail it. I don't know. I, I think this whole turbo charge from the estate, I think they've got to be very careful. But, but what's the alternative? You don't think every Veggie Pret's, every Eat's going to be Veggie Pret? I think, eat, I think the Eat deal was a sensible and the right deal to do. It takes out an itch that they've wanted to scratch for a long, mm. long time. It also gives them the real estate. In, in he, he had some really redeeming features, though. Yeah. It did. And it yeah. hot food. It did hot food better than bread. I'm, I'm really worried about the chicken pot pie soup. Oh, it's gone. That's you like that back? Yes, please. Yeah. It was very good. I remember when I worked at LastMinute.com years ago, that uh, you didn't check what the pret soup was, you checked what the eat soup was. Well, and that was the wrong one. Christine, the menu yeah. would go through half an hour before someone went down and bought it all. I think, I think the hot pot. food they did really well. Yeah, I think that's it's, it's a learning. You look at you look at. Um, they also had an egg and ham sandwich. The thing it was decent. You look at Coco de Mama buying pot again. It's it's. it's Why a do you think they did that? Because real estate, they want central on the sides. So that was my point. Is the pod brand just yeah, going to disappear? Isn't it? The first wave. Of, had a couple of good things, like the hot and sour soups, the big large. You've got to remember these brands, they have only five hits every week. They have five day parts, yeah. lunchtime every week. If you don't make it then, you're not going to make it. So you've got pod, avocado. You've got pod, avocado, you've got voice and toss at the moment going through it. Well, that's a you've got that health Henderson thing where on a Monday and a Tuesday and a Wednesday, people are salads, healthy, all the rest wow, of it. Worthy. By the, yeah, not, exactly. not Scottish people. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. But by the end of the week, you're kind of like, right, I want to go to Prime Minister and have pie and mash. Greg's. Greg's. I to Greg's. Right. So I was in Glasgow last week. Talking right. about massive brands who've not done a sub brand yet. 
And I Veggie, remember Veggie Greggs. My my buddy's store was Pret just off George Square and next doors are Greggs and I, I believe it's one of like either we or one of the top three busiest Greggs in the UK and it was like you, you just were so surprised you were in Pret and goes so busy in here and you go next door and they were doing what round we talked earlier about how great Liam was and there's that classic picture I think it was this year where someone took a picture outside Manchester Piccadilly Station because you come out of Manchester Piccadilly Station I but, took that picture yeah you've got Leon I took that picture and there's Greg's next door you've got Leon Greg's no one's in Leon yeah yeah I did that I did that and then you've got the yeah, door for Greg's I did and really I, I, I think both brands are amazing. I, I always think there's this amazing, you know, Sahi Chili Bowl, that's very cool. Um, there's a couple of things about branding that's quite interesting. One is you in a market, any market, you've got a market leader and you've got a thought leader. And I've always yeah. thought in food to go market leader, guess who? It's Pret. Um, but actually, thought leader, I would argue, was Leon. You know, and actually the market yeah. met them. For years everyone was going, I don't get Leon, I don't get Leon. Yeah. What what and then eventually it just went, oh, now I get it. I think Leon was seen about five or six years ago as, as a brand that was bigger than it actually was. Their PR was definitely ahead of where their business was. Yeah. And I think they, they made a decision time. that, you know, we need, to, we need to knuckle down and make this a serious concept. And they've done that and it's just yeah. taken off. And I think, yeah. you know, this whole... McDonald's, healthy McDonald's, and McDonald's in heaven. Mm. You know, they've got a shot of actually doing it. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're sausage and egg McMuffin. I was just going to say, McMuffin. I was just going to say, they're that sausage and egg McMuffin. McMuffin, not like, yeah. <laughs> well, there you go. That is a thing of joy. Their chicken nuggets are great. Is that tomato sauce? Whatever oh, that yeah, tomato yeah, spicy thing sauce. is. Yeah. Is, yeah. But, but also, I think, we talk about the physical marketing, I think it's in a state of flux and there'll be more consolidation. Yeah. But you know, there's people like Pure we haven't talked about, which we've both got money in, which I think will come on on the outside, which could be, you know, I, I, don't, under, I don't understand Pure enough. It's, it's just that I just haven't I spent got, the time I, in there. I think they've got, with Whitbread's money behind them, they've got some great money. I think they've got some yeah. correct, great money. They've got some great sites. I think they've got some great products. And I think if I was Leon, and I know Leon, look at them, you know, and I actually prep, when you actually look at, I think Pano did when he did a talk, and we said, you know, what brands do you look at? And he said, well, the obvious ones like Leon, we look at McDonald's, we look at Greg. But actually, he says, we look at Pure. Mm. And, you know, I think... Their, you know, their delivery stuff and their lunch boxes and all that stuff is, is really good for, is for meetings. Messages, and what they yeah. Really good. Right, what about pubs? I we had two monster yeah. deals. And, you know, it's, it's interesting to go, you know, we talk restaurants and food, sort of sexy, 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 branding, sexy, sexy. But you know what, what, what the sector was doing this year, what sector was doing it last year, what sector's probably going to do it next year? It's pubs. You know, Stonegate, EI, no one saw that coming. Massive, CK. Is, is that Monopoly's problem? Well, I think they're probably going to have to sell a few pubs, They've probably 50, 50, 50 or 60 pubs, just to kind of um, address local, con- local competition concerns where the combined business might have too many pubs in any one area. What, more than the 12 that Stonegate have already got in Leeds? <laughs> yeah, Leeds is probably going to be an issue. Yeah. I mean, I think, <laughs> I think my observation with that would be fantastic endorsement of EI's strategy over the last couple of years. I'm a bit biased. Um, we, do, we do a bit of work with them. But also tremendously ballsy on Stonegate's part. You know, they've got, what, 700, 800 managed pubs. Yeah. And... Um, How many you know, Stonegate got? Three and a half. Well, EI have got 4,000 
and Stonegate have got about 800 obviously Stonegate are managed, a purely managed business EI have got a few managed like 500 managed pubs they've got 3,000 plus tenants and leased mm. so overnight with that deal Stonegate is going to become the biggest pub company in the country what's the figures being talked about 2.7 billion billion with a B yeah. But I think not just well, Mark's as an endorsement about EI's uh, strategy, which it is very much so, and you know, fair play to Simon and his team who completely transformed that business. Yeah, look at the was. share price performance. It's, um, but also it's a glowing endorsement of the sector. Yeah, yeah. Full stop. And, and, and to, to back that with CKA, granted it's a Hong Kong base, they want to take money out of Hong Kong and put it into a stable asset. And we've, we've all known for years that the pub sector has been undervalued. Mm. Yeah, because it's not doing, you know, your. You're eight times, you're nine times, you're, you're not doing your, your light flights that some restaurants doing, it's not rolling out. But it's stable and in a climate we're in, stable light flight growth with a retail property background, you know, assets. You know, there's going to be more investment coming in. We've just seen that. We've, you know, you've got Marston's um, portfolio bought by Admiral, Admiral bought a portfolio by Heineken. Even this week, we've seen, you know, Bravo in wet led community pubs. If you said to someone about four or five years ago that wet their community pubs are being sold, yeah, yeah. and more people want wet their community pubs, you'd be like, get on, I want some in solo, yeah. it's got four sites and it's not going And then for those, I mean, that's 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 a, if you can say an archetypal Fuller's deal, it's getting something that's going to be you know, perfect, bedroom yeah. stock, it's going to be a nice area. That beautiful bedrooms, I believe, is the brand name of yeah, and it's in a part of the country where they've got a bit of geographic. I'm told, but they want yeah. them with this Sahi deal, they can spread their wings a bit further. It just works perfectly for them. And I think it's interesting the Marston's package that came out, which was Project, I want to say Project Harvest, the amount of private equity came out of the woodwork to look at it. And I know it went to Apple eventually, but there was about nine or ten yeah. private equity that came out with management teams to back it. The next six months, in the, there's going to be more because you know we expect Green King to bring some to the market. We expect we expect um, Heineken to bring some. We expect Marston to have to pay down debts and more packages from them. You know, Punch still want to do deals. Yeah. You know, Punch has been quite quiet, but they've looked at a lot of things. Yeah. I think TRG want to put pick up stuff for running in price. I think this is an, you know there's a lot of ground rent deals still to be done. There's but there's a, there's a big yeah. consolidation thing going on, right? I just think pubs are having you know a sustained moment. Uh, you know, in this I think mean, there's a big consolidation piece. Also, if you look at the Green King deal, just what's happening with our currency at the moment means that there's a lot of stuff that's potentially on the table because not the actually, NHS, not the NHS, not the NHS, not the NHS yet. But if you look at yeah, promising town right now, <laughs> right. is that the? Is it? He's not at the Grove, and the he's just bought Marston's. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> but if you look at if you look at the CKA deal, I mean that, and they wanted to get money out of Hong Kong. Um, it looks like a fantastic deal for them, but it's obviously made much more attractive with the cheap pound. Yeah. And you just think, actually, where does that go? What other companies are of interest now? What else is in play? But also, you look at people like you know Admiral, which I know you did some work with um, previously. Yeah. You know their whole thing. Award-winning, award-winning Admiral. We're going to we're going to get down to like nine hundred sites. That's where that's where we believe that's where we believe we are. And now you've got the new CEO going with being as opportunities to do 1,500, which is all single, individual, talented sites. I mean, it's a glowing endorsement. It's a glowing endorsement for the sector. And I think there'll be more of it. You know, yeah. there's, 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 I think there might actually be one more deal to do this year. And when you look at, then you, you flip it to restaurants mm. where, you know, it's in a log jam. And we, you know, we, we talked earlier about Giggling Squid. How about you've got 
an exceptional, yeah. exceptional business. There's a, lot exceptional of stuff, there's a lot of stuff stuck, isn't there? It's not, the, the, sec, the sector is normally spooked. Why couldn't the giggling squid get away? What happened? There, there was so you flip back four or my, five years ago. My take on that would be there was, there was just a massive chasm between what the sellers wanted and what the buyers were prepared to pay. Now I suspect Mark knows a lot more, but it's basically like agreeing a price in this market when there's a lot of uncertainty. Mm. Very difficult. So if you've got that gap, that gap is easier to bridge if you've got two or three people bidding. The problem in the market at the moment, there's probably only one. So if you flip back five years ago, if you put something to market and it was an exceptional business, you would get 10 people interested, you get five people bidding, you get three people bidding, you get down to the final two. The problem we've got in this market- It's like buying a house, isn't yeah. it? And the price just manages itself. So you build it up, you get the competitive, you get, that, you get to the price you want because of the competition. There's no competition. There's, there, you know, we, we have this argument, you know, who's the buyer? At the moment, there's probably trade buyers, and in the pub sector, there's probably overseas buyers and private equity. In the restaurant, mid-market casual dining, there's nothing. So the giggling squid, there's so much interest in that process, because you had these people who are like, you know, planes circling going, I want to land. Oh, they've landed on that multiple, right? We need to land now, because that multiple for EBITDA, we can land on it. It's not there. And I think next year, and the strange thing is you talk to people, it's like we're not doing it because of Brexit. You talk to people now who want to do a process, we're going to find out what happens on the 12th of December. Mm. I think some of that is yes, but it's a bit of a smokescreen. Yeah. 12th of December is not going to change immediately what business rates are about. The 12th of December is not going to immediately change minimum wage. Yeah. 12th of December is not going to immediately change consumer sentiment. Yeah. So this isn't all of a sudden in January we're going to see everyone go, right, Let's do deals. Let's do deals. It's not going to happen. Yeah. And I think you know, it's almost like people are clinging on or using the excuse, the political uncertainty. I think we're just in a a new period of time where, actually, I think trade buyers. If you've got money and you're a trade player, like TRG when they bought Wagamama and maybe they overpaid, but if you've got money, you can go in there and get some actual bargains and actually get some really exceptional. Businesses. You're interested in, you know, saying about um, the sort of the deal side of things and, and paying too much, and you know, it's it's feeling a little bit unsteady the whole thing, you know, just in terms of getting just the B word out of the way. So if we can just get past that, I think people have more confidence, more deals will be done, and, you know, and whichever way it goes. Well, this has been going on for three years. It's no. not going to change anything next year. I think some yeah. people have just used it as an excuse. Well, and, and I'm not, and I'm not yeah. saying it's not, but it's 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 if you've got like I a think cake, it's one part of the cake. It's not it's mm. not the be all and end all of why businesses are doing doing badly. I don't think it's an ex- necessarily an excuse all the time. I think it's an excuse. I do. Well, I just think if you're going to invest, first um, you're fine. You, but but you want to understand the, the post Brexit rules, rules of engagement. Okay, on what basis am I investing? And if you don't have a clear line of sight on those rules and how the world might be post-investment, you can understand people's reticence, can't you? Yeah, I, I understand that, but I think there's a lot of companies that just use it as, we're going to move it six months, we're going to move it six months, we're going to... But this is why I'm backing you, Mark Winger, on the excuses thing, because I've seen people go through CDAs, I've seen people, like, talk up business underachievement because of Brexit. And I... And I it just drives me insane. It's like, no, that's in your hands and that's on your watch. 
And you know you can't blame Brexit for your business on the performance. It's the point your brand's yeah. fucked. Your, your your concepts fucked. On the people conference, you know, there, there, there was there was a battle on, on the Brexit word. There was a battle on Brexit word, and it was all about people, and it wasn't about Brexit. Yeah, but what we're talking about is business investment and business growth, and I think that I think it's more nuanced than that. I think it's slightly unfair to, to talk about people using Brexit as an excuse. No doubt there are some people doing that, but. You know, it's a pretty uncertain time, and consume from a consumer perspective. I've seen a few bits of data. I'm sure you have, which suggests that people should have more disposable income, but they're kind of sat on their hands. They're not spending, and they kind of there's a bit of caution in the market because, and 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 I know a lot of reports have said when we get clarity on the general election or when we get clarity on Brexit, that should unleash a little bit of spending which would be great. But that's definitely there in play at the moment. And, and, I, and I just think I can, I can fully appreciate why businesses are cautious because of what's going on at the moment. But my point is that why are some people who succeed, take Brexit over a little bit, why are some brands working and why are some brands not? Yeah, of course. Yeah, look, I get it. Because some brands are just killing it. And that's some brands aren't good. good enough. Guess what? They've got and, a great product. But they've got a great approach to people. They've got a great brand. So, so, so Mark, take your. I'm point. a little bit Gary V on this. So, so, no, 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 no I get you. I think it's a bit simplistic. Yeah. But I think, but I, but I think to your point, the brands that are really strong and really powerful and and just have got it loud. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, bulletproof, exactly. Rather than waterproof. But I think, I think there's a lot of brands that are just kind of waterproof. Yeah. They're kind of work, trying to work through what's going on at the moment, and there's also a lot of brands that are in trouble. Can, can, so, can we, so we, we try to see things as catalysts. So if you take it back to the pub sector, the smoking ban, I'd argue, is a catalyst for a, for an increased period of change. Yeah, for sure. I would say the use of Brexit as an example, or as an excuse not. I would use this this period as actually a catalyst for for an amazing period of change in the restaurant sector. Go back to 2006 when the smoking ban came in. Well, you could argue there was 10,000 too many pubs. So I would argue there was for sure. There was there's too many restaurants. We all know that oversupply is one of the major issues in this sector. Oversupply of average brands concepts. So is Brexit, whatever you want to call it, whether it's Brexit, whether it's the downturn, whether it's the, the consumer environment. If that is a catalyst to someone to say there's 5,000, 10,000 too many restaurants, in the long run that will be a good thing for the sector. Because the sector will go like this. This is our bottom end. Our bottom end when we go there is better than the bottom end when we were five years ago. Yeah. And if that means there's 5,000, we've already seen it in the Alex Partners figures, yeah. the oversupply. If that is the case, then that can only be, it's going to be, it's going to be harsh but, and there, there might be some... But, but, that's, but that's a really difficult conversation, isn't it? I remember, I remember chatting to David Elliott, who used to run the tenancy division of Green King, mm-hmm. when pub closures hit 50 a week. And he said to me, the trouble is, it's not 150 a week, because that's what we need. We need all of these marginal pubs to shut so that the rest can have a chance. And maybe that's the truth, that dare not speak its name about restaurants. It is. I completely agree with you. Mm-hmm. And, no one's, and, no, and I think we talk about Brexit, whether it's just not, that is the catalyst. We have now got a catalyst which something maybe would have happened five years from now. It's now happening quicker. And the, and the smoking ban for the pub sector 
was a catalyst that increased the evolution of the pub sector, which would yeah. have happened anyway, maybe 10 years, 15 years down the road. Yeah. I think we're at that point with the restaurant sector. I, when, whenever I think about the smoking ban and, and what's changed since, I look at a business like Fuller's, and I, and I look at their business and, and what their managed house pubs look like now, particularly in London, because that's where I am, that's the pubs that I see. You're local. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or the Token House or the Hydrant or whatever, you know, I just think, wow. That you know that that was not happening ten years ago. Yeah, you, would you would you have got food halls? Would you have got capacity yeah, socialising? Yeah, would you yeah, have got yeah, communal yeah. feel? Would you get delivery? And you know we, we touch on these things, we skim these things, but they're constantly like an orgasm, constantly evolving. And I don't think they would have evolved as quickly if you wouldn't have had this social economic change. From Supersonic Inc. This is the Mark McSee Supersonic Marketing Podcast. Just a friendly reminder that this podcast is brought to you by the good folk at BDO. BDO have been long-term supporters of the hospitality sector and they are really passionate about supporting innovative entrepreneurs on their journeys and they also want to give you the right advice and support to grow your business. Just in case you don't know, BDO provides tailored advice to the sector across corporate finance, due diligence, tax and all accounting matters. BDO work tirelessly to give their clients the advice that they need when they need it to succeed. For more information on BDO and how they can take your business to the top, go to bdo.co.uk. Hashtag ad. Tech and marketing. So amazing marketing things. Do you know what? I'm, as usual, reasonably struggling to go, wow, you know, I'm, it's not that every single day I see great things and I share them with my clients, but... There's, I'm just struggling to think of the main ones. I, I mean, I'm loving Burger King. Burger King. So, so, today, so bus ads. Yeah, the bus. So today they had an advert with a Whopper on the side of a London double decker like bus. like another Whopper on the side yeah, of a bus. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Oh, look, another Whopper on the side of a bus. It must be a general election. Yeah. So that which I thought was straddled the range. So, so really picking up Mark's point on Burger King, so from April when they did the first Whopper yeah. advert, which I can't remember, it was like free Whopper or something like that. They're, they've been in double-digit growth since then. Yeah. Well, it's uh, and they admit we're coming from a very low base. Fernando's a superstar, yeah. Well, he, he got market of the year, Burger King got brand of the year, which is helping our industry. You know, like, you know, when Burger King get brand of the year at the campaign or market week or whatever it was. Have, you, yeah, you should explain that. That's across everything, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically... Our, what was, was it? Was uh, it was the, the Cannes Lions. Was it Cannes I'm sorry, yeah, it was. It was Cannes Lions. So basically, the, the Oscars of marketing general. All, all of marketing. Like Aston Martin, Gucci, yeah, <laughs> L'Oreal. Burger King won it. Kim Kardashian. And it's, <laughs> it's mental, it's mind bending. And I'll ask again for my Christmas present, will uh, Fernando come on the podcast? But. Fernando, Fernando, come on the podcast. (laughs) Please. But he's so impressive, right? And I've heard him on podcasts, I've watched his speeches. This is the CMO of Burger Brazilian guy. So international. You know, really excited about them. I think I've been a little bit more impressed with the either Instagramable stroke food porn lot lately. Um, You know, I was just in Kiev and I did 90 minutes on this stuff. So I had a lot of examples of that. But um, I'm really, really, really into at the moment um, people like Gloria 
in terms of the restaurant and in circle. Can I pick you up on Gloria? Yeah, go on. And and everything about Big Mama. Yeah. I kind of get, and it's maybe me being a bit cynical. You're old. You're, you're very old. old. Style over substance. No, you're very old. Like I think the whole thing is it all. I'm sad to say, for some people, the food actually doesn't matter. Tasting. Stop it. It's the experience. Stop don't, it. Don't what are you talking about? Don't look at it. Right, so I'll, I'll, I'll give you an example, hey. right? So I was in Scotland uh, oh, with... That's why, that's uh, why Deep fried Bell's bar. So anyway, so I was in Scotland with uh, my good friend at Buzzworks. Shout out to Kenny Blair. Kenny. Yeah. Kenny. Yeah. Kenny. Kenny. He just is so annoying. He still looks exactly the same as he did when I was eighteen, and it's mm. fucking annoying. He's some triathlete, hunky man. Anyway, yeah. so and so I did a thought leadership session. Anyway, some feedback came from the floor as the audience were, the general manager would come back at me, and they said people are sending back drinks not because they taste bad. They look right. They're not grammable enough. Wow. Serious. Like, it's mad, isn't it? Look, listen, there's two people I wouldn't lie to and it's you two, right? So that's what I'm saying. Sometimes, with the grammable generation, Stars they don't give a fuck about what it tastes like. So I went to Guinea Grill last night, not terribly grammable. It's a bunch of meat. It's like a yeah, yeah. morgue of hot things. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was the most incredible taste sensation I've ever had. But I yeah. took photos of it and they're looking Shout out to terrible. Really yeah, terrible. Yeah, yeah. It's my fault. I'm not a very good photographer. But what I'm saying is things like that's, that's pretty interesting, isn't it? Elan Cafe, which I'm so in love with, and I have to get Alex on the podcast. But like I see, that I see, grind. But, I, but see, I think I think, I think Elan's kind of massively hyped. Well, it is because. But, it, but, but I think it, is, it truly is an experience. I know, but I, I almost think it's kind of style over substance. But I think there is substance there, but it's just kind of like... Look, I, I, do you know, I, I saw, I, you know, I talked about this today in a meeting. I, uh, we played our first gig in a pub called The Crown in Irvine. And I was in a band and I played guitar and this and that. We were called The Parables, which are friends very romantically called as the pair of boas, which was nice. <laughs> um, but we played the thing, and I went to the toilet, right? And it was a bit of graffiti, and it said, and I'll remember this forever, which is, eat shit, a billion flies can't be wrong. And what you have to do as a marketer, you have to detach yourself from maybe what you think. So if you're a foodie, or if you're in food, or you go, oh, fuck, that has to be the best red velvet cake I've ever tasted, that has to be the best latte I've ever had, or... It isn't. It's the... Now, we're in the age of the Instagram scalp. We're in the age of the Instagram autograph yeah. hunter. They just want the shot. Yeah. They don't care, really, if that tasted any good. But if there's bubbles everywhere, there's an Instagram yeah. corner, or there's a flower wall, or no disrespect to anyone, yeah. but there's enough people, there's enough groundswell on Insta that. that are tagging it, it's thousands tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of people that are going, I want that I shot. Love this place. I just, it's like you're sitting, yeah. that flower wall is as if you're going to the Eiffel Tower or the Taj Mahal. That's yeah. the shot. That's what they want. When, when, you, when you were talking just then, I, I, I was thinking of that stat, which I think CGA 
trotted out a couple of weeks ago, which is that if I didn't record this on Instagram, didn't happen. it didn't happen. Yeah. And it's kind of like, wow. For sure. So I think shout-outs are going to sure big campaigns. I think Brewdog's latest campaigns as well and the stuff they've done, you know, sober yeah. as a motherfucker and all these things are, are wonderful. But I think someone we... Company we haven't mentioned yet in terms of marketing and doing really well is Greg's. Yeah. And I think they're, they're clearly absolutely well, smashing it. What's interesting, what have they done this year though? I mean, I think I'm remembering the, it's a good chat. the Lidl flip. They've, and, been, they've been product led. But there's been PR Gold, which has been Rod, Roger, is that am I right in saying that? Or anyway, someone at the top has said, I watched the Game Changers and I'm going vegan. That makes you go, oh, hello, that's interesting. Um, Campaign-wise, I don't know. I mean, obviously, the vegan thing, but that was obviously before the summer when they did the last yeah. one. Well, also, they're coming up to a bit of a tipping point, Greg, because they, they have said to a lot of people they can only do 2,400 sites in the UK, so they're already over 2,000. Is it, yeah. So they're going to get to a point where they need, and we talk about sub-brands, or need, a, need to make an acquisition. Um, if you're being mischievous like I can be, I would say buy Greg's. Not buy Greg's, buy Gales. Sorry. Yeah. Um, buy Gales? Yeah, buy Gales. Greg should buy Gales. Yeah. For what reason? Gives them another brand, brand that's growing, differentiated brand, premium offer. Proper baker. JB, Pret should buy it. They already have Panera in US. So Gale, one, they're not Gales, Gales. Gales is wonderful. Yeah. That would be, be my two shouts yeah. for next year. Um, no, Greg's is, you know, it's, it's actually, Hannah's done an amazing job with it. So, the customer director. Last couple of things then, New Kids on the Block is one of the Ones last. got the right stuff. Shout out to Farmer J. It's yeah. a pretty good business. Farmer J, Mowgli, Vagabond. Putt Shack, great business. Dream Corporation. Dream Corporation, part of it. All the Amoeba stuff. Yeah. Uh, Coconut Tree. One of the. Uh, What's that? I don't know. It's Sri Lankan. It's got six sites now. Could be the next um, Giggling Swim in the regions. Okay. Um, worth worth checking out. Mm-hmm. Um, Piece of Punks. What's all that about? Well, I've sort of joined helping them. So, yeah, there's three of those. Sort of. Yeah, just sourdough pizza, music cocktails. And I think, you know, maybe possibly avoiding London. And building it around the rest of the UK. So PC Union. PC uh, Union's doing really well. PC Union's amazing concept. Mod Pizza question mark. What's happening with that? I think Mod Pizza realise now that where their loyalty is and where they're getting some traction is probably the yeah. Midlands and in the north. Yeah. Needs to come out of London. Yeah. Not even looking there anymore. I yeah. think they'll concentrate um, in the Midlands and north going forward. Yeah. Um, people going forward, Club Mexicana. I think they've got a couple of sites to come up. Uh, I think we mentioned Vagabond. I think it's a great concept. Differentiated. Yeah, good business. Um, Pizza Union. We're talking. Um... Pizza Union's interesting. So Pizza Union, uh, I guess, was inspired a lot by Mod Pizza. Mod um, and Blaze and uh, yeah. customization of uh, pizza in the US. Um, great concept. Five sites. Uh, just just one to watch really. Is it five now? Is it? Yeah. Wow. Four. I think Shoreditch is is opening soon. Yeah. Um, in Vagabond Vagabond have just opened Canary Wharf they've got uh, Monument Principal Place I think one in Bankside as well wow. coming online another one you know another one to watch um, Castafrango 
I think what's that? It's uh, that's a great place. That's, that's um, Peri Peri kind of Portuguesey kind that, of. Uh, yeah, it's basically like a posh Nando's with yeah. a, with a good bar. So so they've got one at London Bridge, which is brilliant. Really, the thing about it is, it's, it's um, really good value. Yeah, great chicken, um, and they're expanding, aren't they? Second site, I think Shoreditch coming online soon. Yeah. Um, what about ceviche uh, and the buyout of that and all that? I mean, this is a, this is probably a story for another time, but I think probably summertime rumblings came that it wasn't doing so well as maybe the marketing and the the word from from the founder um, was. I think there was a few uh, emails around going looking for investment, yeah. um, to partner with people, and then it just um, I think it just collapsed. I mean. Probably too many distractions, just stuck to the restaurants rather than the music label and everything that came with it. And I think just Alex Moore, who obviously had some money from the Roses deal, mm. just saw it as an opportunity. And I think, you know, they'll look at it and they think Andina is where it's at. Andina's the brand they want to roll out. Is that right? Um, I mean, you know, I feel sorry for Martin. I don't think he had any money, really, in the actual business. I think it was all investors. Um, so we shall see. I mean, you know, Peruvian. You, know, you, you go back 18 months, they were looking at opening in Windsor, they were looking at, at Walsham, where I live, they were looking at sites. Mm. So it's, it's, a, it's a bit of a fall from grace from being like a London media darling. I mean, Ceviche is this year's pop-up, yeah. if you look at it from, you know, yeah. that collapse. So you, you've just got to be, you know, that classic, will it work on a Tuesday night, a wet Tuesday night in Leeds? You've got to look at these things that have, that have appeal across the board, not just in Soho, not just in London. We talked about Mowgli, which is one of those which, you know, Conceivably, something like chopsticks, which, which you know, seventy-five sites, but not many people know it. Mm. You know, and actually, it's it's picking up sites left, right, and centre. Yeah. But people have failed. It's really building some momentum. It's a great business. It is yeah. a great business, and actually, and actually, it's a great business. It's got power to to grow even more. Yeah. Time at bar, and um, so I think there's a few of them out there. I mean, there will be a winner in the in the um, food market. Food hall sector. I'm I'm intrigued to see what um, Jonathan Downey does in Manchester. So I think you know he's under pressure to step it up. And if anybody can do it, I think Jonathan can do it. Um, I think there's some businesses who there's opportunities out there. We've said over the last eighteen months that people, you know, Lustman's. It's just said that's that. interesting. That pops up. Though, yeah, they're going to do the sixth site, which is um, which is a, actually a branded site. It was an Auburn's, right? Yeah, it's Oxford. So they got they are some ones. They got a branded site they just picked up. Again, there's opportunity because you know there's going to be branded yeah. sites. People have held on to sites in the branded market. Some more go brick stuff will come up. There's still a few Jamies out there that need to be picked yeah. up. You know, you've got an amazing two and a half year, I think three year pop up which you'll see um, in Denman Street, which is the ex Jamies will be half a Franklin Banker, half a meat liquor. Is that what that, that'd be an amazing? The thing. new meat liquor has been an absolute runaway success, hasn't well, it? Well, Margaret Street. Yeah. Yeah, it's brilliant. I think it's yeah. amazing, and, and actually what they cleverly had done, they said we're open till four in the morning. It's if you're nice a hospitality work. worker and you finish, Clever. come along, get a free drink, yeah. you know, um, you know, relax after your shift. Yeah. Just brilliantly done, you know, Scots, you know, people forget me, liquor. You know, it's just quietly going about its business and they shouldn't. Yeah, they shouldn't. So the last couple of things, well, we're going to cover tech and then your thoughts for next year. So some tech stuff. McDonald's. Well, do you know what's happening with the touch screens? Yeah. Kids are doing a race with each other to see who gets served fastest and they're filming it. Brilliant. Brilliant. It's the best thing in the world. I love it. I've I, I sat, just locally, I sat in a, um, in a Crawley 
McDonald's with my two sons. And we were sat there before we went to the cinema. And we were watching, and I was intrigued because it was like the kiosk, and then you had someone waiting to take orders at, mm. at the counter, traditionally take orders. No one went to the counter. So everyone who came in here, and it wasn't just the young kids, it was like me with my two sons. You want to It was almost like they were challenged. Your two sons are challenging you, your kids are challenging you. Yeah. Come on, Dad, use the kiosk. And they wanted, you just got, they wanted to try it. It's, also, it's almost like social norms, isn't it? Yeah. Everyone's using the kiosk, we have to use the kiosk. No one went to the counter. I like ordering yeah. a little bit extra on the kiosk. Also, I think they must be driving their spend ahead. Right, it is. Through the kiosk. people pay Definitely. more. So I was, I was so lucky a would couple you years like, ago. Would you like, would you like to well, add? Would you like? Well, I was, on, I was on a panel with Phil LeBrun. Yeah. Um, so he was the CTO of McDonald's. And I was so blessed to be on a panel with him in Amsterdam, I don't know, a couple of years ago maybe. And it was the whole boys' own thing where you're sitting on this stools, like, you know, key change and all that, you know. And uh, he was just wonderful, right? And, and he took the audience to pieces in a good way where he was like, yeah. how many of you, you know, don't like McDonald's? How many of you shop at McDonald's? And he, he through his chat and questions and things, he changed the whole perception in that room about what McDonald's was about. Yeah. And but his one of his big triumphs was being part of the rollout of the of the touch screens and it's just worked so well. But you know yeah. look at touch screens, you've got Greg's trying it, the new Leon in KFC station, KFC. Everyone has the touch screens now. Yeah. It's, it's touch screens now. And it's it is. It was just, I'm just amazing. I was sat there, there's people older than me walking I'm amazing someone's older than me walking to McDonald's and going and it was, it was, I want to do the challenge. It's almost like a challenge. Yeah. Yeah, I want yeah. to do this. And it's just made, we, we talked about Pratt earlier, the, the Houndstitch site where they're putting in uh, barcodes. So you now go up to your phone and you can actually do So what's the deal with that? I don't understand. So you go up to your phone, instead of going to the counter, you can now go up to the barcode. So if you want to order a Christmas sandwich, the barcode for Christmas sandwich, you can put on your phone. But the barcode where the Christmas sandwich is? No, not on the actual shelf. Oh. So you actually do the barcode on the shelf, it puts but it into your phone. Is, is the is the Christmas sandwich not above the shelf where it's labelled? Yeah, but you, you can take the sandwich, or you can just download, take the sandwich, download the barcode, yeah. pay for it on your phone and leave. You don't have to go up to the counter. Oh, I see, right. Sounds crazy. Okay. Sounds well, but, but that's one step. I don't mean to be this so look at the It's look one at step the, back from us and go. Yeah, but, yeah, but it's Amazon Go, though. You don't have but to go anywhere near anybody. You just, you, just, you just have your own app, you have the loyalty app, and you just pay for no, it. But what my mum's saying is, Pret should just go the other way, which is just go Amazon Go, which is they should they should have the technology where you just take it. That's you don't have, no, but but you don't have to barcode anything. In Amazon Go, you go in with your phone and they've got so many cameras on you and uh-huh. the thing you just it's legal shoplifting basically. You just take this up and, and what's amazing about the Amazon Go proposition is if you, it, what it shows you in the video is if you take, let's say you take a muffin off the shelf and then you decide to put it back, it, it knows that, it just knows it instantly. So what, with the prep stuff it sounds great, but it feels like a Betamax, Betamax so, step for me. But they've also got beacons where you sat down, you've sat down in yeah. beacons where people come and give you food. So it's all trying different aspects mm. of the customer journey. Will all of it roll out? Probably yeah. not. Will all have teething problems? Probably. Yeah. But it's, so, so you've got 
It's rubbish, basically. That's what. That's what we're going. Well, no, I think mean, it's a step forward. It's a necessary step that they have to make. But, 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 but the one Rob thing about Fred, I don't understand if Amazon Go's technology exists now. Why don't you just do Amazon Go? But also, yeah, the, one, the one thing about Pret is confused. Is you enjoy the service. You enjoy the quick service. You enjoy the yeah. the interaction. And, and that's the rubber technology. Getting the free. That's the rubber technology. Isn't yeah, it? get, like, getting the free drink if you recognise. If you're sexy. Yeah, yeah. Or if you look a bit sad. Well, then, yeah, there's all those stories. Have a, bra- anyway, have a brownie. Have a love bar. Um, yeah. What about Deliveroo and tech? What's going on with Deliveroo? Anything more? Deliveroo is really interesting. I, I just... I, well, there's I, a sweeping statement. There's got to be consolidation in that market. And well, I think you'll find at the moment there is got, Just Eat. Well, you've got Just Eat, you've got... Delivery, you've got Uber Eats, they're all sizing each I, other I find, up. I find Uber Eats an interesting one because they, they I've made, never delivered from Uber Eats. But they made no, they either. made a huge play at the start of this year. I mean a huge play to, to get people over to them to switch from delivery. And actually the, the, the calling card for them still in the UK is McDonald's. And if they didn't have McDonald's, if, I, mean, I, I do want to close enough to your house for it to work. But, but that's but that is their that is their key partner yeah. is McDonald's. And if they didn't have McDonald's, I do wonder if they'd be like they'd have any presence in this market. Yeah. I think I think with Deliveroo and all the rest of them, um, everyone's still trying to work out whether they're friend or foe. And Deliveroo are very good at t- about talking about how to drive sales. Mm-hmm. And I think all the operators want to talk about is how do we make money? And it's a very different conversation. Yeah. And I also think from, from my experience in dealing with them, you know, if you look at Deliveroo's PR and comms, you know, they're godlike geniuses. And actually the reality is that they require partnership as much as the operators require partnership with them. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's quite interesting, I think, what Deliveroo are really good at and what a lot of them are really good at, I presume, is going, right, well, if you look at these postcodes, there is an underrepresentation of fried chicken or burgers or whatever it might be, so they have that insight. But I think they probably need to work a little bit harder about making it work for the operator. Yeah. It's interesting when, they put, when Delivery or Delivery, whichever one you want to say, when it came out, there were a lot of brands that said, our product should never be delivered. And that's completely switched now. Everyone's like, our product needs to be delivered and we I need to evolve our product to get it delivered. Yeah, yeah it's scary. And when, and it's scary for operators, isn't it? I think there's still some people who are blind to that. But, but whether you work with them or whether you don't, I mean, I think um, one of Mark's clients, Casual Dining Group, interesting this year, they're the first product to be licensed, work licensed with a yeah. virtual brand that's licensed with delivery and um, uh, chicken on the green. And actually, it's probably been, you know, I imagine Casual Dining Group have done a lot of the research and done a lot of the development of that, but actually delivery of, of taking on one themselves, that's ours, we're working with Casual Dining I know you can't really comment on that, but yeah, no, it I seems to me they've taken control yeah. of the message on that. My, my, yeah. pers- my personal view, just my personal view is that that has totally been a partnership, but if you, if you look at some of the communications, it's kind of almost like a gift that was bestowed, bestowed on casual dining group and um, the reality is it's, it's been a collaboration where they, they've worked together to work out you know what the market needs and, and where the opportunity is you say so New River which is a property company that owns Waltham Leisure which has got wet lake community pubs did you have a conversation with them mm. two weeks ago what are you doing with someone like, well we believe we've got commercial kitchens we, we don't do food 
But actually, we've got commercial kitchens that are high-end commercial kitchens that we don't really use anymore because we don't do food in our wetland pubs. Yeah. We'll do dark kitchens out there. We'll do virtual brands. And that's the, you we'll know, the space. Yeah, you know, three years ago, you're talking about whether Pizza Express will do delivery. We've now got a wetland community pub going, we've got space in our commercial kitchen we don't use for food. Yeah. We'll do a virtual brand out of it. Yeah. That is how delivery has gone through the marketplace. Yeah. And next year, you talk, I mean, I've already said, you talk to Nando's, they're saying delivery next year is going to be big for them. Yeah. And if Nando's pushed the button, you know, that's huge. You've got a lot of people like Tortilla who have now got a format that's oh, been yeah, evolved in a delivery market. Yeah. You've got concepts, we talk about kids who've been born in the internet age, we've got kids who've been born in the Netflix age. You've got brands who've been born in the delivery age. Yeah. That they have been born and developed to do delivery. Yeah. And that's not going away. You either, you either embrace it or you think, you know what? We can be a traditional restaurant and people just come in for it. Well, Hacker don't do delivery. Flatline don't do delivery. Yeah. yeah it's when does it get to a point yeah. where Flatline go, actually, well, it's, it's well, I'm not sure they will. Well, I, I, think know, I don't think they will. But I, th- but I think there's a dependency on how good will your product travel. I think you have to look yeah. at that. On your point, that home slice, 12-inch pizza, yeah. was their whole thing was a whole unique selling point. Yeah. So you've got the vision of... You it know, gets uh, kind of cool. You've got the vision of the scooter going down and you hit a ballard yeah, and the pizza's yeah, yeah. left on the floor as the scooter keeps on driving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've now brought out the nine-inch just for delivery pizza. Yeah. When so you, you, know, you evolve your model. You when you mentioned Home Slice there, I thought you were talking about the old and steam cinnamon home slice sharing thing. Oh, and steam thing. It would yeah, be scooter when you take it. There'd be sparks yeah. coming off the back of the scooter. Yeah, yeah. How heavy that yeah. is. That cinnamon bun. It's amazing. Well, it is amazing. It's the weight of a small baby. But I think, you know, in terms of of delivery and and things like that, I think there's this travelised thing. Um, I'm thinking about how hungover I'm going to be tomorrow, and there's a wimpy on the high street. Oh. It's very good. Are you buying a new house? No, no. So, yeah, I'm in dodgy bit of Brighton. And in it's and it was an original one site that bought it good, back. Good milkshakes. Lime, like proper bod shit. Like what the Freddy the Frog had, whatever he was called. What was it called? I have no idea. I mean, you know, you had to get, you know, you know, you had to guess what the the the, the, the flavour of the strawberry was. There was like a curly straw, and you had to guess what. Anyway, anyway, go oh strawberry or lime or whatever. Lime milkshake, oh my lord! With, with a McMuffin uh, coffee. Sounds, that sounds horrible. Does he have an episode? But <laughs> strawberry, chocolate, lime, lime milkshakes was that? And are you sure? Ah, uh, yeah. And they do like almost like a zinger tower McMuffin. Is that if you got the question wrong, you got a lime milkshake? No, it's lime. I can't believe this is yeah. in the cup. By the way, you go <laughs> lime about five times. I'm going to do it, yeah. and that, that's going to happen tomorrow when Mrs. Max out and she doesn't think I'm being lazy and horrible. Rock and roll. Um, so I think that's us, gentlemen. Um, Next year. <laughs> do you know what we're talking about this before we're on mic, which is no one's got a crystal ball. But if you had a crystal ball, um, what's happening next year? What What's your thoughts? What are you thinking? What are you, what's your predictions that we can prove you wrong in the summer? Oh, God, you're looking at me. Um, I, think that, I, think, I think the kind of truth that dare not speak its name is that it's quite hard at the moment and it's probably going to remain a little bit hard. Um, obviously, as we record this, we've got a general election coming but I think also with Brexit, it's sort of just the start of a lot, a long period of sorting all that out. And it's just incredibly frustrating for 
all other business, all other legislation, it's um, it feels like the uncertainty might continue. Yeah. I want to be positive. I want to be optimistic. That's a change. I want to be think that next year we'll see the logjam that has been holding back people uh, will open. The gates will open on um, MA activity. What is the laxative for that logjam? Well, it might be like March. There might be the general election. Um, I just think it's. Sadly, talking to people, it's been it's got even tougher over the last couple of months. Yeah. We traditionally January is always a month that is toughest for house prices. People are paying off debts. I think yeah, September, getting... October not been great. November was, has been okay. Everyone's holding their breath about December. Like, January is going to be tough. We're English. We we will have a holiday. We will go we'll and have not. a few drinks in December. We're British. We'll have a holiday. We'll go out and have a few drinks. We're European. I I just think having talked to. For example, last week, Wagamama said their like for likes was 6% and everyone was like, oh, it was 12%. So do the read-through rest the rest of the, do the read-through for the rest of the sector if Wagamama's at 6%, mm. which is an exceptional business, the best business in this sector, arguably. And it's and still do, plus 6%. Yeah. I and mean, and that's you, pretty good. And you do the read-through that people have been hanging on. My worry is talking to people after three years, or I could be, be a fourth year of of pulling every lever, of going back to your management manual book, of taking advice, of, of doing everything you know in your, you've been told or you've learned over your years in the industry and it still isn't working and you're still being squeezed, there are people who have done that who will fall over next year. That is my worry. And I've already read it when Living Ventures went into administration and a couple of their stuff, Australasia, Artisan and Black House. These are the creme, the, the creme of, of operators. Yeah. And there, there's more people out there who've done everything and you think they're doing well. My worry is we'll get a few more of them before we start going up again. Yeah. I just hope that we get some clarity, but I don't think it will be the pill that will solve everything. Yeah. I hope business rates will get sorted out, which is the big thing for me. I hope UK Hospitality yeah, will huge. win that one because I think that's a huge win. And I think landlords need to come on board and I think everyone needs to come on board because that is an absolute joke yeah. of what it's done to this industry and it's always industry need, needed help. So yeah, there's going to be meteor brands, there's going to be new brands, there's going to be people who will come back we never thought would come back. Mm. Because this industry, it, yeah. this industry will always do that because it's an amazing industry. But I, know, I know, talking about business rates, I know we're kind of rounding up, but um, business rates is an absolute joke. If you look at the Summers Town Coffee House, where we recorded the last one of these in the summer, yeah. those guys, Anthony and Tim, took that place on. They absolutely transformed it, and their business rates absolutely escalated in that place to the point where I think their business rates are about one hundred thirty thousand pounds a year. So it's just an absolute joke. Yeah. Trading one, yeah. hand, one hand, not yeah. two hands behind your back. Almost three grand a week just on business rates just absolute joke um, so that needs to get sorted I think you know we we're all, I think we're all fairly positive people but in terms of what's coming next year there's bound to be more CVAs I think there's bound to be in the first quarter of next year there's bound to be more sort of um, issues where people you know, just haven't got the trading performance there to sustain the business, and unfortunately, they're going to need to restructure. 
or look at their debt or do something. Um, and, you know, it's been a steady, uh, steady trickle of that stuff and it's going to continue. But also, I think, going off from Mark's, Mark's point, I think actually there's people taking a few risks at the moment. Yeah. And I worry that people are throwing a few Hail Marys out there. And, and I yeah. hope some of them stick, but if they don't, especially in the crowdfunding region, I think it's gonna, oh, there's going to be... That's a whole other podcast. There, there's going to be, some, there's gonna be yeah. stuff. And I know you've done the finance one yeah. where that came up and it's a, it's a hot topic. Chris was very... I, th- I think there's a Strong few. Enough. I think there's a few. People there we should them. we should do that. Crowdfunding is an absolute joke. I I wouldn't be. Yeah, it's I, potentially I, I, the new PPI. It, it, yeah, work, totally. it works if it works if you're doing it for growth. Unfortunately, I think people there's there's some people. Well, doing the value, it, I mean, the valuation. Some people are doing it fill a hole, yeah. and you're not meant to yeah. fill a hole. You're meant to do it for growth. You're yeah. not meant to fill a gap in your finances. The, the, and I think the, that's a worry for next the, year. The valuation, the, the rigor around how you value these businesses in a crowdfunding is just a joke and it just becomes a who are your biggest fans exercise and how much money can you raise from them smart but to finish on the positive just got a text before we came in here someone's just gone in exclusive on a business so there's people who want to invest in a business in this sector and just want exclusive I can't say at the moment because it's, it might not happen it might fall over but there's still people wanting to invest in businesses in this sector so there's always a silver lining. This is the best, the most fun sector you could ever work in. And I've worked in a few, you know, loan shark and selling holidays and blah, blah, blah. And this is the reason why I've stayed here. And there's so much positivity. But the message is, you know, get complacent, take things for granted, and, you know, you're not going to do so well. So I think I said in my speech in Kiev, do it from the heart, don't do it from a spreadsheet, and you'll be fine. And I think that's quite good advice for, for everyone out there. Amen to that. And the next year, I just hope people get a little bit more on board with growing slowly, successfully, doing the right thing, putting the yeah. customer first, and you know, just looking a little bit more on investing in the digital side of things. And I think people could do very well indeed. Yeah, and for me... If we're doing a bit of a soapboxy moment, it's about storytelling. It's about investing in who you are, what you represent, that human-to-human communication, being real, being credible. Um, Authentic. Authentic, absolutely. And, And I think for a lot of companies in this sector, they're making progress in that area, but it's still a big piece. Yeah. And I think it's only going to get bigger because it's really, really important great place to stop once vacuum ladies stopped as well <laughs> they joined us <laughs> towards the end so thanks for coming out thanks for getting pissed with me um, thanks for doing the third podcast we've done it's great um, I'm sure there'll be many more so yeah happy new year everyone and yeah go and go and do it go yeah. grow your business See you thanks Mark inside. cheers Mark peace so there you go around two hours of the three wise marks i hope you managed to stay awake for that also i hope you're up to something nice over the next few days whenever you're listening to this and really taking time to reflect on all your achievements over the year 
and also thinking about all the amazing opportunities for you, your customers and your teams over the next year as well. So thanks to Three Wise Marks for doing that. It's becoming a real great regular feature in the podcast calendar and getting a lot of good feedback. So really appreciative to them and grateful to have them on board twice a year. Massive thanks to yourselves for listening. Thanks for sharing it with your friends. And yeah, really hope I can bring you so much more, hopefully A-list content over the next year as well. And maybe some podcasts in different forms and some different ideas shaping up too. So that should be quite interesting. Massive thanks to BDO as well for the support all the way through 2019. Hopefully uh, that will continue as we go on. I think it's brought both of us great value working together, so that's been fantastic. Massive thanks to Gaz and Gabby for helping me out and hopefully, again, that will be the team going forward because they just do such a great job, but I know they're both super busy. So thank you for that. I really appreciate it. So this is me, Mark McSee, signing off. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you've had a great festive period and you're raring to go, hangover free, to really get stuck into 2020. And I really hope that this episode has given you enough value that will really help your brand boom.